0: welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics if you're looking for news tips and stories about fishing the great lakes you've come to the right place and now your host chris larson
1: hello and welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast today we're featuring an interview with captain lance valentine we'll be discussing teaching fishing and fishing the detroit river let's get to the interview and it looks like uh, you've got some new stuff going on with teaching and fishing. And tell us about uh, yeah, what's you changing know, changing over
0: there. We are really humping. Uh, brand new website just kicked off uh, about three weeks ago at teachingfishing.com. Completely redesigned from from the ground up. The guys that uh, that did it did a great job with it. Uh, you know, our YouTube page is kicking off. We're doing a lot more live stuff. We just did a Detroit River workshop. Uh, five hours of hardcore information on fishing the Detroit River. That's available for for streaming we're converting some of our old dvd products uh into uh uh, live streaming that guys can now download through the new website lots of stuff going on you know i i've never been this busy because i've always you know been on the road doing seminars and shows but you know with the lack of being able to really do that we've had to kind of come in the studio and do a lot of it and the timing is different uh the timing to you know i used to at four o'clock on a Wednesday, I'd have a seminar at seven. I'd go, oh, I go, I got to build a seminar. And I'd build a seminar from four to five and go to the seminar and away you go. Well, when you do video productions, you guys know, you know, you got to have something ready three, four weeks out so you can get all the lower thirds and you can get the lighting fix. You can tweak this and tweak that to have a good product. So the timing's a little bit weird for me, <laughs> um, uh, getting adjusted to that, but really excited about what we're doing. We're, we're, we're getting a lot of our, video out there some of our older stuff, uh, some of the stuff that was just available as we did it. So our our website is full of stuff. Love guys go to teachificion.com, click on the public lounge, all kinds of stuff there to see. Um really excited about what we got going here and where and where we're going you know, where we're gonna go this year.
1: And one thing that I discovered that you guys have and obviously I was late to the game on this because you've already got thousands of people in there, but you've got a, a really cool Facebook group. Tell us about that Facebook. Facebook. Yeah.
0: So the uh, teaching Fishing educational forum um, is it's our way to communicate with guys. You know, we were getting emails and getting phone calls. You just, you know, at some point you got to stop all that. So we started the teaching Fishing educational forum on Facebook and it's a forum that uh, uh, you have to ask to be on it. We kind of control who's on there um, just so if there is a problem, we can kind of take care of that. You know how Facebook can get sometimes, but um it's really cool because it allows people to interact, to ask us a question, they can initiate the post. And then one of our crew, uh, myself, or one of the teaching fishing gang uh, answers and everybody else that's on the Facebook page chimes in too. So a lot of these questions become long drawn out discussions uh, that go, you know, layers and layers deep on a Well, it looks like a simple question uh, becomes multiple answers, layers deep. So it's really cool to, um, to not only interact with the person asking the question, but watching everybody else kind of interact uh, with them also. So that's that's been a lot of fun to actually um, kind of be a facilitator of some really, really good fishing discussion and questions.
1: Yeah, I see a lot of uh, question and answer on Facebook groups. and. A lot of those answers aren't right. <laughs> what, what do you do when someone chimes in and, and they kind of give you something that's, that's not the right
0: answer? Well, you know, again, that, that you know, myself and, and the teaching fishing crew, you know, we, we kind of watch all of that. So uh, if something gets too far off the rails, we kind of slide in there and go, okay, let's kind of back up a little bit and uh, and answer. You know, and again, uh, one of the things we are working on is, is making sure that every question we get, we have, Either a written blog that, that really answers it and explains it, um, and or a short video clip. So that's kind of on our list this year to get done is uh these little video clips and these in these, you know, four or five uh, paragraph blogs that actually explain a lot of these questions. So that's what I've been doing is we see a question once or twice, or see a lot of people asking or getting involved in a certain question. I'll sit down write a blog, come in studio here real quick, do a little two minute video. So now if that comes up again, we can kind of send them to read the blog and or go watch the video. And that kind of explains how we do it and why we do it that way. And then we let everybody else kind of, you know, everybody else chimes in and has their little take on it also. But um, we kind of control what, what we think the right answer is and something that I'm really proud of at Teaching Fishing is we explain why we think that's the right answer. So I'm um, uh, not just going to tell you what we think; we're going to tell you why we think that way, and kind of how it, you know, kind of how it all works, and why we think what the answer, the right answer is. Why we think that's the right answer.
1: Seeing some good testimonials for you there. Uh, Ron uh, says he's a new member over at Teaching Fishing and, Fishin and uh, incredible resource. And and uh, you know, those are I, I know that whether it's us selling a product or you you know, putting information out there. I know that those are always things that, that mean a lot to, to you. So, uh, Nice to nice to get that support from, from the people using your stuff. Uh, but here's a great one. from I, I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyways because uh, <laughs> because uh, uh, I know other people want to know it too. And that's uh, when trolling, do you do you prefer uh, a fast or slow
0: approach? I, <laughs> <So, laughs> I want to go fast. I want to go fast. I, I am a fast troller. Uh, my, my beginning trolling speed, even in cold water, and I'm talking water in the fall time, uh, I don't get to do a lot of spring trolling because i'm on detroit but my fall trolling goes into december um you know 37 38 39 degrees uh i start at about two four two five um that's kind of where i start and uh if i'm going over fish and i see there's fish on the screen i have my lures uh in a position that they should be getting bit and i don't then i'll start to adjust but i you know i look at it why why not go two and a half? If you can catch them, why go one, five, if you can catch them at two and a half, I'm covering more water. I'm putting my lure in front of more stupid fish. And here's the thing. Here's where guys, I think sometimes stop. They go, Oh, well, aren't moving very fast. If you're a shad and it's 39 degrees, or if you're a shad and it's 80 degrees and there's a walleye on your rear end, you're swimming as fast as you can. It doesn't matter how cold water is. You are swimming as fast as you can to get away from all those teeth. So, Uh, I think sometimes even with non-aggressive fish in cold water, speed is actually a trigger because a bait moving very fast looks like a bait fish that is scared and trying to get away. And sometimes walleyes will attack that bait, even when they're not hungry, even when they're they're in a negative mode because it's something trying to get away. You take a crankbait and just kind of wiggle through and a walleye may go, "Ah, I don't really care. Right. But I think, I think speed, even in, cold water uh non-aggressive fish i think that is an absolute trigger uh someday so i start you know even in cold water two four two five uh as i keep catch fish i keep moving faster about two tenths a mile an hour every time i catch a fish And at some point the fish go no uh and that's where we kind of we kind of stay we caught a lot of fish last fall last winter two three two four two five two six um when guy you know we were passing guys going past you know we'd go back four times and they're still going in the same line going the 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 one way so um i like to fish fast i like to find a lot of stupid fish uh, and give them a chance to bite as opposed to going slow over smart i like i can't catch smart fish that's why i quit tournament fishing so <laughs> i need to find dumb ones and the faster i go the better chance i got of finding some stupid fish that wants to bite
1: we just got this one that just came up. It's from Kim, and Kim says, and hopefully faster equals less sheephead.
0: Actually, it does. Uh, the faster you go, the less uh, sheephead, the less uh, white bass you catch. So um, that's definitely something that we, that we see. The trash fish go away, the faster you go.
1: All right, here, here's one from Jeff McDonald. He'd like to know what size weight jig you prefer for the Detroit River.
0: Um, Whatever. You need to feel the bottom and whatever you need to be able to feel something different on the jig. Remember, when you're jig fishing, that that, that jig's basically just going straight up and down, right? So all a fish is going to do is stop it from dropping or he's going to kind of suck it up. You're going to feel a little pressure when you lift it. So uh, uh, I teach it this way. The easier it is to feel your jig, the easier it is to feel something different on your jig. So if you're fishing a light jig, you may be barely hitting bottom, you may be having some strikes, but if you're trying to feel the bottom you're not sure it's the bottom, a lot of those very subtle strikes, you're not going to feel. So I like a heavy jig. I start uh, three quarter ounce for myself. My customers fish a one ounce. Again, there are some conditions that I that I adjust, but for vertical jig fishing, even in the Saginaw River, we have very, very little flow and a lot of the fishing is seven to 11 feet of water. I fish a three quarter ounce, one ounce jig all the time. I think there's something, just like trolling fast, I think there's something about that big jig banging on the bottom, fish can hear it, fish can see it, fish can feel it. Uh, I think that's a big deal. So again, I start with big jigs, let the fish tell me they don't want it and then kind of back off. But very rarely on a river situation, do I fish any lighter than three quarter of an ounce?
1: We'll keep you bouncing back and forth between jigging and trolling here. Sure. Um, <laughs> and I, add, I like I grab this question every time I see it because there's, it gets asked a lot and that's, uh, is there a forward, uh, this is Brian over on, uh, on YouTube. Is there an application for forward uh, looking sonar trolling for walleye?
0: Uh, there actually, yeah, there is. Um, uh, this is going to be the first year I'm going to have uh, active target. So, so forward looking sonar. Um, yes, the people I talk to that are they're using it for, for trolling, uh, there definitely is an application for it. Now, saying that, would I spend my money on forward looking sonar if, if I did a lot of trolling? Yes, but only after I had good quality side scan and down scan. I think side scan is much more important than forward looking sonar when you're trolling. Um, We can see some things on forward looking sonar, maybe fish kind of sliding out of the way uh, and that there are fish ahead of us. But I use my side scan so much more every single year. Uh, Again, active target and forward looking sonar is awesome. Uh, But if you're a troller, if that's what you do, make sure you've got uh, a really good Cone angle on your regular sonar. I uh, know Rich was talking about uh, that that, that, uh, uh, that uh, B60, B66, uh, TM165s, uh, a good transducer that has a wider cone and gets you a really good two-dimensional picture and then learn how to use your side scan uh, specifically uh, first and then worry about forward-looking sonar. Forward-looking sonar, I'm going to tell you, unless you are 100% dialed in, it's not going to help you catch a lot more fish. Side scan and a wider cone, two-dimensional transducer, absolutely will help you see more and catch more fish.
1: All right, Uh, Captain Ryan Sharp joins the show tonight and he'd like to know, uh, what's your favorite scent for
0: walleyes and how often you replace the
1: bottle for spoilage?
0: So I I go through a lot of scent, great question, Ryan. I go through a lot of scent, I'm a ProCure guy. Um, My rule of thumb is this, if I'm close to the bottom, if if I'm jig fishing or fishing close to the bottom, it's garlic night crawler, or it's uh, their pro walleye scent. It's one of it's one of those two. If I'm fishing in the middle of the water column, I try to match my scent to the bait fish that I think the fish are feeding on. I go through oh six eight bottles, 10 bottles a year of Emerald Shiner, go through a lot of Gizzard Shad. Uh, some places I fish, I'll go through some smelt, but Emerald Shiner and the Gizzard Shad are my two favorite. But if I'm off the bottom, uh, I like to uh, imitate what I think the fish are feeding on. I like that scent to be the same if I'm, uh, close to the bottom can't be garlic night crawler or just the pro wallet. It has a little bit of everything in it. Uh, garlic night crawler is my favorite if I'm fishing on the bottom.
1: All right, Lance, uh, kind of winding down here. here. Here's one from Steve. Steve wants to know if you
0: troll crawlers, and if
1: so, what speed?
0: Uh, the answer is no. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep a crawler high, 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 hanging on at three miles an hour. So uh, I don't think I've had a crawler in my boat in probably a dozen years now. Um, again, I just think it's too slow. There are fish biting somewhere, right? And, and I and I think, look, here, here's my analogy, right? Imagine it's 6 o'clock, 6.30, Thanksgiving night, right? If you live here in Michigan, you've, you've watched the Lions lose. That's a tradition, a Thanksgiving tradition <laughs> we have to go through. But you're sitting on the couch, right? You got your pants on, button. and you're just sitting there with the family. And somebody comes by and says, you want another piece of Aunt Millie's pumpkin pie? You're like, I cannot eat another thing, right? I, I don't, I, no, I don't. All of a sudden, your 10-year-old nephew comes around the corner and throws a football at your face, right? What do you do? Foom, you instantly just react, out of reaction. I think that's what fish do. When fish are on the bottom, they're usually neutral or negative. They don't want to bite. And sometimes even a little night crawler going past them, right? Just nice and slow. They don't want it. They don't care. Now, here comes a crankbait with a with a big rattling, Drrr, Make a lot of noise. Make a lot of sound. They feel it. It comes by and It looks like it's trying to get away. Pop. They come up and they bite it. Sometimes just out of aggravation sometimes to see what it is, sometimes to get it. So the other fish that they're hanging out with don't get it. Um, I don't think crawler fishing uh, is an efficient way to fish. And we've proven over, if you go back over the last 15 years of tournament fishing, more tournaments in the last 15 years, I mean, major walleye tournaments, more money has been won on plastic baits, crank baits. And it's 10, $12 to every one that's won on live bait presentation. So uh, if you've got only got a little bit of time to fish, Why not put some crate baits on, some spoons on, go fast, look for those stupid fish, stop trying to catch fish that don't want to bite. So I'm definitely not a crawler guy.
1: All right, Lance, really appreciate your time tonight. If people want to find out more about you and what you got going on, where should they go?
0: TeachingFishing.com uh, is where to start. Uh, they can join us uh, every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Teaching Fishing Educational Forum. We've got what we call Coffee Hour Plus, a little bit of education, a little bit of just sitting and chatting. That's on our live on our Facebook page, but TeachingFishing.com is the place to go and uh there's a contact us button there if they want to send us an email we're always available for any kind of questions um whatever we can do to help you guys catch more fish we are always here to do it that's what we do that's what we live on every morning we get up hopefully we can help you guys catch more fish
1: all right lance really appreciate you coming on tonight take care and uh, we'll see you again soon all
0: right thanks guys good seeing you thanks Brad. thanks for listening to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.